Welcome to the McKay Community Podcast. With the McKay Community Podcast, we have two goals, to tell McKay stories and to promote good news from the neighborhood. I'm Reen Rasabala, McKay graduate and neighbor, and my wife Hannah and I have a vision that all people in the McKay community would thrive. And in reality, this podcast is an exploration of what that exactly means. What makes the McKay community unique? What are our strengths? What are our challenges? And knowing these, how can we grow together as a community? We hope to discuss all this and more as we explore what makes the McKay community truly a special place. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the McKay Community Podcast. Before we get to today's guest and interview, I have a couple of announcements. First, this is our first episode that we are recording in partnership with Valor Mentoring. Their mission is to inspire men to lead Christ-centered lives so that families, women, and children thrive, and they do this through providing mentorship to those in need through one-on-one relationships, utilizing music, media, and arts, and community outreach projects. We are thrilled to be partnering with Valor and supporting their efforts. Shout out to Chris Hahn here today, Director of Media and Arts, and his team for their work on this episode. For my second announcement, I'd like to introduce you to Bryce Oaks. Bryce graduated from Sprague High School and is currently attending Chemeketa, pursuing a career in civil engineering. He also happens to be interning with the Salem Leadership Foundation, where I work, so I'm happy to have him joining us in this episode today. Bryce is currently organizing an interview with Lori Shaw Casares, McKay grad, and the Youth Outreach and Education Coordinator for the City of Salem. So you'll get to hear that interview in a future episode. But for today, we have the pleasure of being joined by Anna Dang, who as of three weeks ago, graduated from McKay High School. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, it's good to have you here. Um, So how does it feel to be graduated? I think it feels pretty incredible. Um, Ever since I was a child, I pictured myself graduating from high school. I did not expect it to end this way, of course, with COVID, but Mm -hmm. uh, it happened. And now I'm going off to college. It feels kind of surreal. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, Anna is quite the accomplished student, so I wanted to take some time to just uh, talk a little bit about from what I've been able to gather um, since we've met uh, not long ago. Uh, so not only did she graduate as one of six valedictorians out of a class of 586, and like pause right there, 586 students. That's crazy. When I graduated in 2012, I think we had a graduating class of around 346 students. And so just looking at the growth in how many students McKay has and also graduation rates uh, increasing so that's just crazy to think about in in nine years that growth Um, but not only did Anna Anna graduate as valedictorian but she also received the Royal Scott of the Year award given to the individual or individuals who best exemplify the spirit of McKay High School which is huge honor she was also recently awarded the Ford Family Foundation scholarship given to just over a hundred Oregonian students based on their leadership potential outstanding character and concern for others but perhaps what I am most impressed with uh, from Anna is uh, her service in McKay's National Honor Society she served as the president of the club which focuses on service scholarship leadership and honorable character and I met Anna earlier in the year through the NHS scholarship that Anna in my mind it sounds like she 
basically single-handedly organize this uh, scholarship. So Anna, I was hoping to just start off this interview that you'd be able to tell us what is National Honor Society and then also kind of how did this scholarship come about? Yeah, so uh, the National Honor Society is basically an organization throughout the entire U.S., I think, and a few other um, U.S. territories. Um, they basically focus on having people do a lot of community service, uh, create projects, and just kind of like be scholarly, community-oriented people. And uh, for McKay's chapter, the scholarship came about because as a senior, I was applying to a lot of scholarships in order to help me afford college, right? And as I was on the OSAC student portal where you can find a lot of Oregon scholarships, I noticed that there were some for certain schools, but there were none for McKay. Mm -hmm. And I was concerned because I really do feel like McKay students should have more opportunities to um, kind of afford a future in like post-secondary education. Mm -hmm. So rather than doing nothing about that, I decided to take charge and like being NHS president, I felt like that was in my circle of influence to make happen. I worked a lot with the advisor. Um, I kind of talked to her about having this idea and then she ended up talking to the principal about it and I was like, oh, okay, this can happen. This is actually something that I can do. Yeah. She let me take charge of this project, so I was very passionate about it. I kind of led everyone um, into groups for NHS mm -hmm. so they can organize their own community service projects. And for me, I suppose the NHS scholarship was like my personal project because I would host the meetings, but I didn't have much to do as the NHS president outside of that besides mm -hmm. organizing all of that. So. I took it personally and I had a meeting with the principal, the McKay principal, Rob Schoper, um, my buddy Rob, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I talked to him, I had a little meeting with him and we were able to get about $1,000 um, within the short meeting that I had with him because he really supported the idea of having it. He loved the idea and I was so excited to pursue it because I never thought I would create something like this and it just happened. Um, we also had some money from the NHS funds that we were able to use. Um, yeah, afterwards I kind of had to figure out what the process would be like because I've applied to plenty of scholarships mm -hmm. but I've never created one and uh, I had to find a way to like find out the process, so the scoring process to make a rubric. I had to find people to score it. Uh, I secured the funds, of course, and all of that stuff. I had to give out some information for people to know, like, hey, this is a thing, you can apply to this. Mm -hmm. It's very much accessible. Um, Lori Caceres, uh, she has been a huge help for me because she was able to connect me with all of the panelists, which includes you, Rian. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> It's been, a, it's been a great honor um, creating this scholarship because I feel like I really contributed something to McKay and I hope it carries on even after I've graduated. So hopefully the next president can carry on this scholarship. Yeah, definitely. What made you want to run for president for NHS? 
I originally didn't think much of it because I'm the type of person who will do things before really thinking about it. And I'll make a commitment and I'll end up sticking with it because I'm kind of reluctant to do things in the first place. So I just try not to think too much about it and just do it. So um, my friend Joshua Arce was the former NHS president before me. And I noticed how much responsibility or like how much power the NHS president could have in terms of like the McKay community. And I feel like I could have a big impact, like I could utilize that to bring people together and create opportunities that I have not been able to see before. There was a new NHS advisor, Mrs. Ricky, and because of COVID, you know, all of it was online. And it's crazy to think that the year with the most adversities, most obstacles, we were able to accomplish a lot more than previous years is what I've noticed. And I think it's because of how much work we all put in together and the fact that the NHS members still stuck around and like they came to the meetings, they did all of the things that I kind of organized for them. I feel like I helped lead them to a place where they can create even more like projects and um, emphasis on the community. So it's sort of like a rippling effect. Yeah. Awesome. So there was $2,000 total, right, given in scholarship, uh, $1,000 to the first place winner, and then $500 to second and third place. Um, Who did those scholarships go to? (laughs) Um, I made an Instagram post about this. So the first place winner, she had 20s, or yeah, 20 out of 20 all around. Her name is Fatima Villa. And... um, I was so proud because I know her personally and I've known her since middle school. So that's really cool that she got that. Mm -hmm. Um, The next two are Kate, uh, Kate Pakatari and Brea Lutz. I'm super proud of them and I saw their applications and I agree that they should have been the winners. So congratulations to them. Yeah, definitely. It was really fun to be a part of it. Uh, So my role was just to grade uh, these applications. Uh, Students were able to either submit a short video uh, or they could write an essay uh, and kind of going over what were the things again? I think it was um, dedication to service, what your uh, career goals were. Um, Was there much else other than that that we were to like grade on? Um, yeah, so the focus was less on numerical data. For example, I know a lot of scholarships have you submit like your GPA, probably your test scores, Mm -hmm. um, write really lengthy essays and very personal topics. But for this one, since it is an NHS community oriented scholarship, I wanted there to be a big focus on sort of the NHS values like character, leadership, community service, um, all of those things. So pretty much exactly what you said and a little bit about how they would use that scholarship for the future. Yeah, so those were the things that we graded on and it was really fun to be a part of the process and I really felt like I got to know these students Uh, through reading their essays or watching the videos and so it's really fun for me to see those scholarships being given and I think it's just 
really fun to see. So, you know, moving on from kind of NHS now, um, what about you? What are your plans now that you're graduated? What's next? Well, so um, it's actually funny because I was, I'm pinching my fingers right now. I was this close (laughs) to Mm -hmm. going to uh, the University of San Francisco, but I was able to get the Ford's, uh, Ford Family Foundation scholarship, mm-hmm. which means I have to attend a four-year university in my state of residence. Right. So I have committed to the University of Portland, and I originally went in as a nursing major, but I'm thinking of changing my major to have me be a better fit for the pre-med path. Cool. Yeah. Cool. cool. So pre-med, and, and why pre-med or kind of nursing, kind of health industry, what, what made you kind of choose that path? I think I've always been interested in the medical field. Um, having a specific career was difficult to choose because I do like the idea of being more of a leader in that sense because I feel like I have a natural affinity to lead. But um, I originally chose to be a nurse because I didn't know if I would be able to afford medical school in the future because I know how expensive and how lengthy the education is. But since I have the scholarship now, I feel like that's a huge lift on uh, financial burden. And now it seems more possible. And there's a lot more support that came with like the scholarship too because people are then recognizing, oh, she is capable of this. Mm. And a lot of the, a lot of the times, um, sometimes I'll question my own capabilities or like, I'll feel that imposter syndrome. So being reaffirmed that I am capable of doing this and I will be able to do this, it feels right. And I don't know, Dr. Dang sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Dang does sound pretty cool. So it sounds like the scholarship, it's, it's not just the money for you, but it also knowing that someone believed in you enough to, to invest, invest heavily. To invest in my future, exactly. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> since I was a child, I have always just imagined becoming a doctor, but it never seemed possible. It never seemed real because I know how much a financial burden it would be on my family to do that. And I didn't want that. So I did my best to apply to as many scholarships as I, as I could so I could afford the future that I really wanted to make happen. And it's just so weird that it is happening. <laughs> yeah, these dreams that you've had that maybe you thought at some point might not come true and now some of them are coming true and you're on that process exactly it's just like the nhs scholarship i never thought i would do it but i here i am i did it i never thought i'd be on a podcast but here i am (laughs) that's awesome well as a fellow ford scholar i'm really proud of you and and excited for you and um yeah i've i've really appreciated the ford family foundation because it isn't just the 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 funds, they'll, they'll tell you that they're making an investment in you and in your future and for your contribution to society. And uh, I think they made a great decision with you. And uh, also the, the summer conferences, those are uh, definitely really fun and something to look forward to. And I really enjoyed going to those and making friends from all across the state. So I'm really excited to you for you. And uh, on behalf of the Ford Scholarship community, just want to say welcome to the Ford family. I'm super, super, super stoked to be a part of the family. Uh, I really hope that I can make a contribution to future Ford Scholars too, because 
well, I don't know how I do that, but you know, I'll get involved somehow. It'll happen. Yeah, I have no <laughs> doubt. I have no doubt. Well, um, talking about family, I was hoping that we could learn a little bit about your family. Who's your family consist of? Um, <laughs> so my immediate family would be my dad, my mom, my older brother named Andrew, and my little sister, Angelina. Um, I do have extended family that went to McKay. For example, my cousins, Wesley, Alina, Daniel. Then there's also my brother and I. Um, my family is Cambodian, Chinese, Vietnamese. We're sort of a mix of all of that, but it'll change depending on who you ask in our family. Some of them will say they're just Cambodian. Some of them will, will say they're more, I don't know, Chinese or Vietnamese. But from my perspective, we speak Cambodian. We call each other by our Chinese names or titles. Like my grandma, I'll call her um, Papa, which is like grandma. <laughs> Um, but we'll eat a lot of Vietnamese food. It's it's a whole mix, but you know I don't think you can exclude just one part of that, or I don't think you can isolate one part of that. Uh, my dad's side of the family, he's the dang part, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his family were, they were all refugees during the Khmer Rouge. So um, they came to the US, I think, I can't put a number on it, but I think it was about around 20 or maybe even more years ago. I'm not quite sure, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they were refugees. And I remember my dad telling me a lot of stories about how rough it was because when he was young, like six years old and stuff, he would have to go into labor work and he would have to do a lot of difficult tasks that I have never had to face before. He told me that um, a lot of people passed away and like a few of his siblings that like weren't able to make it passed away as well he used to tell me this thing how sometimes he would be so thirsty but there was no water to drink so whenever it rained he would drink from the footprints of cattle feet or cattle footprints um (laughs) it's so weird to think that you know we have the chance to flourish now and i'm so proud to help build that path for my family yeah, one of the things that I see from a lot of McKay families is the the parents who aren't from the U.S. or aren't from Salem or or maybe are just not far removed from being a part of another country and have now come and they're living in this, this community and the parents just caring so much about wanting to give their kids a brighter future. I think that's kind of my story. My dad grew up in Indonesia and came to the U.S. and and uh, like many parents, McKay parents, like your parents as well, just a desire to how can we give our kids the best future that they can have. And so it's it's really cool to see that your parents have been able to do that for you and, and for you and your siblings and your cousins as well, that it seems like the, uh, like you said, the Dang family is uh, <laughs> thriving or flourishing here. It was um, fun when I... Uh, when I saw Anna Dang, I saw an email from Anna Dang, I was like, oh, she went to McKay. I wonder if she's related to Alina Dang, because <laughs> Alina's in, in my class uh, of 2012 at McKay, and uh, sure enough, you're, you're cousins. Yeah, we are. Um, so I have this English teacher. Uh, he's had all of my, all of my family uh, that went to McKay, so 
I think I might be one of his last students, but I don't know if he plans on teaching for another probably 10 years until he gets my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Is this McElliot? Yeah, it's McElliot. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, he has known Wesley. He's known Alina. He's known Daniel. He's known Andrew. He knew me, but I had his year. I, I was in his class my junior year, so a year earlier than mm-hmm. what was anticipated. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Well, and he probably, we were talking before that uh, all of your cousins, except for you, played tennis. And, <laughs> and so he, because um, he's the tennis coach, right? He in is, Portland. yeah. Okay, so he he probably got to know your your siblings and your cousins. Uh, they they well. probably were closer with him, yeah. I did tennis for one year, my freshman year, but then I quit after that because I wanted to focus more on band and community service and all of that stuff, so... I allowed myself to do that, and I think it was a good investment because I made it worthwhile. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What What did you play in band? I played the flute. Cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm a percussionist, so. Oh, uh, I see that. You uh, definitely yeah. have that that mm-hmm. vibe. Uh, <laughs> all right, percussionist vibe, whatever vibe that is. I guess I got it. <laughs> awesome. Well, I was hoping to just learn a little bit about from your unique experience, just what what your experience was at McKay High School. At the end of my eighth grade year, I had an application to go to early college high school, or yeah, early college. Mm -hmm. And I was very close to submitting that application. Um, A lot of my friends that I knew in middle school decided to go to early college. And I was one of my very few friends that wanted to go to McKay. Um, I think what is really different and unique about McKay is the diversity and how big it is because you will get such an incredible experience in terms of spirit, in terms of uh, different, like a variety of cultures. For example, at spirit uh, days or like pep assemblies, there was this one that I remember where we had different performances and whatnot of a variety of different clubs and cultures. For example, there was Islander Club, there was the Black Student Union, there was an Asian Student Union, there was uh, Mecha, I think. There were just so many different cultures and it's such a variety. And I think that's such a unique experience because you can't get that in very many schools. And I realized going into college, there's such a huge white demographic that there are specific clubs and those clubs can be kind of small. But at McKay, it's incredible to see all of these minorities coming together and flourishing. And I really admire that about McKay. It's a, a unique experience that you can't find. Um, I also think that because uh, McKay is more on like, is it called like Title I, yeah, I think? I think so. Yeah, so the teachers are a lot more dedicated. I know mm. that for me, they will spend a lot of time after school. <clears throat> Um, they will spend they will spend hours outside of school. I've been at school since like six p.m., seven p.m. You know, I've been there all day, and some of the teachers will not leave. Like they basically live at school, mm. and I think that's incredible because the dedication they have really encourages the students. And you know, like I said in my valedictorian bio, <laughs> they all deserve a raise. Mm. <laughs> I I am not joking about that. They all are incredible people and I'm so privileged to get to know them. Yeah. 
Earlier, you had said the the spirit of McKay. What did what did you mean by that? Yeah, um, I believe so. There was this other person that I know. He's one of my friends. I actually just saw him yesterday, um, Jose Alfaro. He is incredibly spirited and at every spirit day he would go all out you'd always see him on the mckay instagram page um he would always be featured because his spirit is just immaculate there's no way to describe it (laughs) a lot of people at mckay they they just have this sort of energy and if you saw the senior award ceremony after it was time for everyone to leave we had this spirit yell thing um we have this thing where we do senior power and we clap we did that by ourselves like there was no adult present there for us to do this and we all just got together and we decided to do this one last time well for the first time that year and the only time it's just that sort of close-knit feeling i think that experience was something i really valued because Again, it's unique and it makes you feel like you're a part of something. It makes you feel like you can go do things even if you don't have as many resources as other people because they're, you know, there are staff that believe in you and they're your friends and there are people at your school who are like, we're all in the same boat, we're all here together and we're all gonna do this and we're all gonna do it with like a fighting spirit. Fighting Scotsman. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> Do you have any favorite memories or favorite stories from your four years at McKay? There are so many good memories that I have at McKay. Um, (laughs) Another spirit thing that I remember, this was not even at school. This was at a band festival. I think it was state, uh, the state band festival at OSU. Um, I'm in the McKay Wind Ensemble. Well, I was... I'm not anymore because I graduated, Mm. but (laughs) Um, it was at State at OSU in 2019. Um, We were waiting waiting for the results. Um, While we were waiting for the results, each school was was kind of sitting in their own corner of the room, and McKay's students decided to start doing the wave. (laughs) They just, like, had the crowd wait, like... They would all jump up in the air, throw their hands up, scream, and just everyone in the room started doing the wave with us. And that's the McKay spirit I'm talking about. We're all just funky, weird people, and we all just, we're leaders of spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think that carries on even outside of McKay. So (laughs) that's probably a really, really fun moment for me. I also really enjoyed doing CareCore which was not uh, McKay affiliated, but it's more towards the city of Salem and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But it's definitely a, an important part of my high school career because it's really what got me into community service. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What were some of the projects that you did with Care Corps? Care Corps, um, I joined in 2019, so I was an incoming junior, I believe. Um, that year, it was Save the Ike because, um, or move the icon. And that was because the YMCA was um, planning on, I think the Ike box was going to be uh, taken down or moved, I believe. So that year we really focused on raising money to help keep it there. And, you know, 
plans changed and stuff and you know it stayed there and so mm-hmm. um if you go downtown you can still see the egg box there and i feel like there was an, a little contribution that i had for there through care Corps. i learned a lot about leadership from care Corps, and it is a youth leadership um a youth leadership summer camp mm-hmm. um there was this one activity that was being done it was identifying what type of person you are in terms of a shape i believe <laughs> so there were squiggles there were squares triangles and circles i think mm-hmm. <laughs> um squiggles were the people with ideas they were mm. kind of bouncy people they are very creative and they just like bounce ideas around but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll commit um circle people are very amicable they're very friendly they get along and they're just like really well-rounded people pun kind of intended (laughs) (laughs) squares are very very rule oriented or like very organized by the you know this is how it is these are the steps you need to take and um, triangle people are more of like the leaders they're people with charisma and they're comfortable doing things even if it's outside of their comfort zone They'll take the ideas from the squiggles and bring everyone together, have the squares organize everything, have the circles, you know, utilize their friendliness and just make things happen. And I feel like that's when I really identified as a person who could be a leader Mm. because I identified as a triangle and I was like, oh, I didn't know this about myself. And then Caracor kind of cultivated that through community service projects. I just had this natural... I was naturally drawn to leading these projects and I was like, oh, I guess I kind of enjoy this too. I guess I'm kind of good at this too, okay. I applied those skills to being the NHS president too. And you can definitely see that with all of the community service projects that we did throughout the year. Um, I did CareCorps again in 2020 as a youth leader. And that year we created a mystery drink that is called summer skies for the ike box and it was kind of like a way to draw customers back in because um covid right Mm -hmm. it worked pretty well i think um it was a super interesting drink i don't know if you like lavender but it had lavender in it and i thought it was really good (laughs) <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, don't tell us everything else that's in it, otherwise it won't be a mystery or a surprise well, anymore. the mystery was kind of revealed oh, after, okay. yeah, but it, you can still get it. It's called Summer Skies. Summer um, Skies. I don't think it's an exclusive summer drink, but, you know, if you want to try it, you can always ask. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, well, we might have to um, ask our our uh, Ike Box barista expert, Bryce, over here. So for those of you, you listening, uh, Bryce uh, also went through CareCore, I think different years than than Anna did, but uh, is a barista at Ike Box. So he's probably made um, many of these summer skies. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Um, mostly uh, those were sold during the summer, I think. So I don't know if people still know it very well, but okay. yeah, you probably have made it. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'll have to try it. I'll have to try it. This is Summer Sky created by uh, Anna and the rest of the CareCore group from 2020. <laughs> and then uh, did I did I hear this right that in 2021, this summer, that you'll be involved with CareCore again as well? 
yeah this summer um you know lori has kind of drawn me back into being another uh doing care core for another year as a youth leader and i'm excited for it it'll give me something to do this summer yeah i'll be doing it throughout july great that's awesome yeah because uh it's it's coming up here shortly well and we'll get to learn more about care core uh because bryce will be leading an interview with with lori uh and so we'll get to learn more about care core so i'm i'm excited for that interview that we'll be doing soon um i wanted to ask you uh if you had a piece of advice that you would give to the class of 2022 at mckay 2022 I know that every experience is different and the way that people go throughout the system is completely unique to them. But a piece of advice or like a motto that I lived by throughout high school, and I found this out, I think my sophomore year, um, it's a, it's like a revised version of this quote from, from Gandhi, um, be the change you wish to see in the world. And I told myself, if there was something that I could do better about what I see right now, about the systems in place right now, then I will do my best to make it happen. So that's probably why the leadership stuff is so important to me, because I hope to be um, a catalyst for change. Um, Another quote that I really liked was, you know, I want to go into the medical field, so study to save lives and i think that shows even though it seems hard right now you have this goal that you have in the future and you everything that you do right now um will influence your how you accomplish your goal in the future so you should treat every day like um like you're uh performing on a test or something every day should be an opportunity for you to be um, striving closer to that future, materializing that thing, manifesting it, if you will. Um, I don't think it matters what people do as long as you think to work your hardest and to sort of reach out to people for help when you need it and just do the best you can in whatever you set your mind to. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter who believes in you as long as you believe in yourself as long as you think that you can do it and you will do it just having that confidence and determination i love it i love it and i think um i think as we talked about the spirit of mckay i think that's part of what you just (laughs) shared is part of the the spirit of mckay being the change that you want to see and and doing your best to to benefit the world so Mm -hmm. i love it I wanted to give an opportunity for Bryce if you had any question that you wanted to ask Anna. If you had if you had the opportunity or the chance to change one thing in your life, what would it be? Oh wow. I want to say nothing, but that's not answering the question, I think. <laughs> well, you can I guess you can respond with that. That'd be a good answer. Yeah, well personally, I have taught myself to have a growth mindset. So whatever experiences I have, positive or negative, I will always take it as an opportunity to grow. So every experience that I have right now, I don't think I would change because, you know, all of these things happened. I do believe things happen for a reason. And 
whether or not it's positive or negative or absolutely neutral. It's something to grow from and it's something to learn from. And that makes me sound like an optimist, but to be honest, I'm more of a realist. <laughs> um, what would I change? I really wouldn't change much, like at all. I've learned so much throughout my 17 years of being alive, almost 18. And I hope that I still grow with that same mindset. Like just take everything with the mindset of learning because if you have that mindset, nothing will set you back. All right, I like the answer. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that question. I like that question. Well, Anna, I want to thank you so much for allowing me to interview you and telling part of your story, your McKay journey, and your family. Thanks so much for sharing that with us. And I, I think that uh, it excites us to see the potential that McKay students have. And you get to be one example of what McKay High School students can achieve. And I think it's awesome. So thanks so much for allowing us to interview you. Also, just want to give a quick shout out and congratulations to the graduating class of 2021, uh, especially for enduring in such a difficult year, probably one of the most difficult school years that any class has had. So congratulations to all of you graduating seniors, not just at McKay, but you know, in Salem and around the nation. And I also wanted to thank Chris and Valor Mentoring for helping with recording and the audio stuff. So thank you so much for that. With the McKay Community Podcast, we have two goals, to tell McKay stories and to promote good news from the neighborhood. I hope that you all will join us in future episodes while we continue to tell McKay stories. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Um, can I say one thing before we go? Absolutely. Um, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure talking about myself for quite a while. Uh, I don't usually do that, <laughs> but I do feel like I am merely a representation of McKay. So I am so thankful to represent McKay and the Asian community, young, asp aspiring young women. So um, I'm just one person representing an entire class for my uh, McKay fellowing graduating class. So there are tons of hardworking people and I'm just so thankful that I can be a face that shows that. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you liked what you heard or found anything particularly interesting, feel free to like and subscribe, or even share with a friend or family member who you think might enjoy it. Whether you live in the McKay neighborhood or somewhere else, we hope that you'll take the time to think about how you can make your community a special place for yourself and for those around you. We'll see you next time.